This is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, welcome to the Eric Francis Show, brought to you live today from the city of brotherly love, where the Flames are in the midst of a six-game road trip tonight here in Philly. Puck drop is just after 5 p.m. You'll have your pregame show starting at 4 with Pat Steinberg and friends. And uh, before we get started with our two guests today, and we have two two great ones once again, Brendan Parker from Flames TV will join us right off the top here, and Chris Versteeg, you know him, you love him from the Flames and six other NHL teams, you know him from the broadcast world, and now he's got a new uh, he's got a new entrepreneurial endeavor that I want him to tell people about because it's pretty interesting, especially if you've got kids in hockey because it's uh, it's right up your alley. Okay. Uh, Let's well. Let's jump right in with uh, our first guest, uh, Brendan Parker. He was he's been on the whole road trip. He'll be on the entire road trip. And uh, Brendan, thanks for joining us here on the Atlas Pizza Hotline. I appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Good to talk to you again. I'm good. Uh, yeah, I know. We just saw each other down at the rink uh, about an hour or two ago. And uh, first, let's just cover some of the news of the day. Uh, Michael Stone is back with the team skating. It doesn't look like he's going to draw in because uh, Dennis Gilbert was still in that third pairing with Chris Tanev. Uh, Daryl Sutter also had some interesting comments today praising Nikita Zadorov as the very best defenseman they've had all year, which is a bit of a slap in the face to Chris Tanev and uh, arguably Rasmus Anderson. I want to get your thoughts on both of that. But uh, the last kind of, you know, newsworthy thing over the course of the last three days is or three games has been Vladimir or Adam. I always want to say Vladimir Ruzicka. That's how old I am, but Adam <laughs> Ruzicka, he's on a heater. He's got uh, eight points in seven games played. I think three of his four last games have been multi-point efforts, uh, an absolute heater for a guy on that top line. I'll, I'll kind of throw it at you, uh, Brennan, out of those, all the, those issues of the day, what, what kind of stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's funny because, you know, we were talking this morning and I think, you know, you look back at that game on Saturday, which feels like a long time ago already, and it, it seemed like we were leaving with, you know, no shortage of storylines and, and a lot of good ones. And then you kind of came here this morning and things sort of pivoted a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I still think, I, th- I think Adam or, or Vladimir, or Vladdy maybe, <laughs> um, <laughs> Adam, I still think he's, uh, I think he's at the top of that list just because of, of the production and the numbers. Um, you know, they, they're just, they're just so impressive when you look at, you know, his body of work in the national hockey league and then what he's been able to accomplish in this, you know, this string of games here since getting back consistently in the lineup. And I think, you know, we talked to him this morning, what was the one word that seemed to come out a lot? And that was, that was confidence. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's fleeting. We know it can be difficult to hold on to, you know, and that's something that, that he acknowledged. He said, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you, you know, when you have it, because, you know, things feel good and, and obviously the puck's going in the net and that's, you know, something we're seeing from him, but he also acknowledged that it can go away fast too. So, so you have to make sure that, you know, it's, it's not just something that it, that you can rely on, you know, you just keep on doing the things you're doing. And, you know, obviously the confidence is there right now. You take advantage of what you have, but, um, but still to just keep playing the same way, even when you don't have that confidence. And I think, you know, for Adam, you know, this is obviously a huge step in the right direction from him. And, you know, the, the points are there, the production's there, but I also like, you know, a lot of what he's been doing on the four check and using his size a little bit more and, and being a little bit more aggressive. I think things that, you know, that they've asked him to do in the past, and he seems to be doing that on a pretty consistent basis right now. And um, obviously he's got two good line mates and, 
seize the day. That's the order. You know, you, you said that the word of the day today and of late for him was confidence. I, I would I would use another word when I think of him is engagement. You know, I, I think even dating back to when he was in junior, the knock on him always was, you know, this guy, the sky's the limit for him with the size and skill that he brings, but he doesn't stay engaged very long, either in game or from week to week. Uh, that's going to be the whole trick, right? I mean, I don't think many people think he's going to be on the top line for too, too long. Uh, but, but it will all basically boil down to in, being engaged and confident, you know, on a more regular basis than he has in the past. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And, and I think, you know, he can, he can stay there if you keep on doing it. Now that's, you know, obviously remains to be seen. It's still a small sample size overall, but, you know, I think in that small sample size, he's done it. He's done that and he's done it with production. So, you know, if you're going to get an opportunity to play in those kinds of roles and, and play on the second power play unit, you know, you have to show that you, you deserve it and you, and, and you belong where you are. And, and so far he's done that, which is all you can do in a player in his position at this point. And, you know, now it's going to be about kind of turning that, you know, small sample size into a larger one. And, you know, he can't worry about that. I know that he would tell you the same thing. It's, it's kind of one game at a time, but, but, you know, he has to continue to, to show that that's a position that he belongs in. And he's produced, you know, throughout his entire career, no matter where he's been. So it's not like, you know, that should come as any surprise. So, you know, it's an opportunity he's getting now at, at, a, at a good age. And, and I think there's probably some maturity that's come along with that. And now, now we'll see how long he can, uh, he can ride the wave. Here's how amazing the numbers are. And I know you know them inside out, but uh, for, for people who don't really have maybe perspective, on what he's done of late. Uh, he was a healthy scratch for 10 of the first 11 games. And then he comes back into the lineup full-time for seven games. And he's got, well, well, for six games. Now he's got eight points in seven games, which ties him with Jonathan Huberdeau and puts him ahead of guys like Mangiapane and Dubé. Uh, again, just an incredible story. The youngest player on the team. And I asked several players today, including Zadorov, what does that do for a club when the youngest player at age 23, is lighting it up and is kind of the talk of the team right now. And, of course, you know, they all said the same thing, which is, you know, it gets everybody excited and energized because everyone's happy for him uh, and also wants to do whatever they can to help him continue that run because it helps the team uh, in the big picture. So, yeah, a neat story, uh, Rizitska, whether it's Adam or Vladimir. You're probably too young, Parks. It kills me to say this, but you're probably too young to remember Vladimir Rizitska like, I don't remember the highlight reel. No, I don't. You're going to have to paint yeah. the picture for me. Okay, that's <laughs> hurtful. All right. Uh, we're talking to Brennan Parker from Flames TV. We're here in Philadelphia, uh, of course, ahead of the game tonight. The Flyers have lost six in a row. The wheels have come off that unusually good start that, that shocked a lot of people in the league and, and kind of knew it wasn't going to last. But uh, and we'll, we'll see what they bring tonight. Okay, let's talk about that game Saturday in Florida. That lived up to the hype uh, in every single way. What were your takeaways from what we saw in Sunrise? Yeah, well, there there was a few, and and I think the obvious one, which you kind of have to start with, is the fact that you you know you had that that big trade over the off season, and then everybody that you know was involved in it, uh, you know, I think had a moment in the game, and you know, obviously Matthew scores the goal to tie it. Um, but, but I thought, you know, early on, it, it almost, it seemed to me like the real standout thing was, yeah, I don't know about you. Like I'll, I'll speak myself. I, I didn't know what to expect from Panthers fans. Like I, I know, you know, the both players, Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberto were both, you know, beloved there and 
celebrated there and obviously had had a good run there but but I didn't know what to expect in terms of the tribute and and what kind of reaction they would get and you know I think aside from the the first TV timeout which everyone saw I, I was kind of blown away by the by the warm-up reaction I think mm-hmm. you, know, you saw fans were six seven rows deep at the glass with their signs just trying to get a peek and try to get an opportunity and you know and I tweeted the video out just at the very end of warm-up there as they all kind of cheered both guys on the last two guys off the ice but that went on for several minutes where every time they would get along the glass, they'd be chanting like, Weegsy, baby, we, we miss you, we miss you. And, and then it was, you know, <laughs> he'll be, he'll be. So, you know, I think that to me was one of the things that stood out the most was, you know, I think just based solely on what I, I didn't know what to expect, Panthers fans showed out. They celebrated, you know, their two guys that they obviously had a lot of love for. And it was kind of cool to see that. And then the reaction at the end of warm-up is they – both got cheered on their way off the ice. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was really cool. And then, you know, obviously in the game, you know, Huberto gets his moment in the shootout, which, which had to feel good. And, um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, actually both players wore a mic in the, in the game, I had a chance to listen to some of that. And that'll be coming out uh, on our website here in the next day or so. And uh, there's some good stuff in there, some good conversations. And, you know, uh, you know okay. I didn't even catch originally, uh, Barkov feeding, feeding Huberto the pass in warm-up. So I thought that was kind of a cool moment too. That was a really cool moment too, and and that was something that he talked about after the game. He had joked before the game that maybe yeah. his chemistry was so tight with Barkov that maybe he'd pass him the puck, and then sure enough, and and I never know how that works amongst players. Like obviously, at some point, it was orchestrated that those two would be the last two on the ice for warm up, and and I don't know if that's done in concert between the two teams or if it's just something that kind of evolved. It had to have had some sort of uh, orchestration behind it. But, you know, Mangiapane was maybe the last guy to get the memo because he stayed on a little too long. He he was the third wheel in there. And then he, I think he quickly realized, wait, this is a moment and I'm I'm in the middle of it. I got to get off. And I, I thought, good on the Panthers fans because it was a Saturday afternoon. You're up, against, you're up against college football. And that may not be a big deal in Calgary, but obviously down in the South, it, it's a huge deal. And I thought that... Uh, for a building that is generally anywhere between a third to a half full uh, for them to be, it's probably about two thirds full. I don't know if you'd agree with that, but, and that that's really impressive. And I think most of them showed up to kind of pay tribute to the new, the, the old guys and, and, and also usher in that new era with Matthew Kachuk and how shocked can we be that Kachuk, uh, you know, rose the occasion and, and had that flair for the dramatic with the, the, the game tying goal with what, six minutes left. That was such an awesome wrinkle. Yeah, no question. And then, you know, and I agree with you, by the way, on the, on the two I thought like the first, the lower level and the kind of the second level were pretty full and then the upper one, maybe not, but there was good energy in the building. And then, you know, and just even watching it back, it was kind of funny in the, in the shootout goal. Um, yeah, obviously, obviously Matthew had, had a role to play in it. You kind of expected he would in some form or another, but, but it was almost like when Huberto scored in the shootout, fans were kind of torn. Like if you listen to it back, mm-hmm. it's kind of like this, there's this sort of almost like a, an awe or an ooh. And then, but there's maybe a couple of cheers in there. Like it was like a really, you could tell like one, one last game fans didn't quite know how to process that. So I thought that was kind of a great moment too. And Huberto, uh, you know, I had part of the mic'd up piece, I think at the end of warm up, he even, he even says thanks a couple of times to fans as he's waving them off. But I thought that was kind of like the last time maybe he'll get, a few cheers from Panthers fans who didn't quite know how to process that shootout goal quite yet. Yeah, we asked them about the booze before the shootout shot. And they weren't 
like vociferous boos like you heard for all the other players. You're right. People, it was a mixed reaction. People were like, oh, we're supposed to boo this guy, but we've loved him for the last 10 years. And he was our leading scorer all those years. Uh, so it was kind of a half-hearted boo. But he said, yeah. uh, I didn't like that. I didn't like that after he said <laughs> And he laughed about it. But uh, uh, a nice a nice way for them to get past that hump. And I know both guys, you can see the relief after the game saying, now we can move on. Like in so many ways, we can move on, move forward. There's another chapter to this, of course, when the Flames get back from this six-game road trip. The first game back is against Matthew Kachuk and those same Panthers. That won't mean anything, I don't think, to those two guys, Uyghur and Huberto, but it's going to mean everything to Matthew Kachuk. I'll throw it at you. What sort of reception do you think he'll get? Yeah, that, it's a good question because I, I'm kind of of the mind that I think it'll be probably something similar, pretty similar to what we heard in Florida. I think it'll be, you know, largely positive. And, and you know, maybe there'll be a few fans who, you know, and, and the one thing that I will say, though, is it seems like, uh, you know, Calgarians, I don't know, maybe this is, you know, unfair to say, but it seems like they, they move on quickly. <laughs> like, you know, they, <laughs> it's been brought up a couple of times, uh, you know, on social media and obviously because of the game, you know, we followed it. We posted, you know, Matthew's comments ahead of the game too. And it seems like, you know, you get a fair amount of, you know, who cares? We've moved on. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. you'll get a couple in there who, who are kind of, you know, just tired of it and, and it's deep enough in that they're ready to go. But I think, I think generally speaking, it's going to be overall positive. And, and, and he's had nothing but good things to say about the city and the organization. And, you know, I think it's probably fair to say that's been, uh, brought back his way uh, for the most part as well. So I think, I think especially during the tribute, it's going to be largely, largely popular. And, you know, maybe there'll be a few fans in there and mix in a couple of uh, original 16s and then uh, we'll see what they say. But I think overall it'll be pretty positive. We're talking to Brendan Parker from Flames TV. It's the Eric Francis show brought to you every Monday from one to two. And it's brought to you by horse racing, Alberta. Uh, I wanted to ask you because I'm going to ask uh, our <laughs> I'm going to ask Chris Versteeg when we have him at the bottom of the hour here about what, what, what sort of message sending there is involved in a player showing up for a shootout against his former team, especially and winding up from the hash marks with a slap shot. Matthew Kachuk tried that on Saturday, a great save by Markstrom just kind of threw it back down on the ice. But do you read anything into that? Like we don't see slap shots in and we know that he's got a million moves and he's been a great shootout player for many years. Any idea the mentality behind winding up with a clapper uh, in the shootout? It's a great question. And the only theory that I have is that much like Daryl said after the game of why he selected Rasmus, it is a drill they work on quite a bit. They do the five puck shootout drill going both ways. I wondered if maybe it was just a little bit of, you know, if anybody would have a pretty good idea of my go-to moves or some moves that I tend to use a little bit more often in the shootout, it might be Jacob Markstrom. So he was Mm -hmm. maybe (laughs) that it was just going to be the thought, the off chance that it would have been something a little bit out of the playbook that it might've caught him with. And, uh, or, you know, I have seen him do something like that with, but it never to take the shot, maybe a little bit of the fake that comes before the deke, but you know, to actually wind up and unload the clapper. Yeah, I, it was surprising a little bit, but I thought of anything, that, that's the only thing I could come up with is that maybe he was just trying to catch him off guard a little bit. And obviously, Markstrom didn't bite on it whatsoever and made the save. Uh, but I, I love that moment too, because it was a little bit of like, you know, he kind of held it up and then put it down. And um, 
on we went in the shootout. But that's the only, I don't know, I don't know what Christopher Siegel come up with, but that's the only thing that I could kind of uh, think of in terms of the slap shot. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think, you know, it's a good point. And we asked Huberto after the game about shooting, and he said he, he doesn't think he's ever shot in a shootout before. He's always deked. And that really? came to his mind. He thought, yeah, he said that he thought that Spencer Knight probably knew that he always deked. And so that he just decided, well, he's going to be expecting me to deke, so I'll shoot. And obviously it turned out uh, pretty well for Jonathan Huberto. A real special moment for him. It, the only thing that would have made it better, of course, is if it was the game winner. But it was a huge goal that allowed them to get to that 10th shooter when Rasmus Anderson made that great move. And he said he's been doing that since he was playing in uh, – in the minors and uh, good on him for pulling that off. That was a gutsy move. And he, it, there was no mistaking it either. He just executed it brilliantly. Like Spencer Knight didn't have a chance. No. And, you know, I loved, I watched it back a couple of times from, from the corner cam, even and just, you know, obviously the poise, but, but he came in there with, with a uh, head of steam and then, you know, pulled the little fake, just kind of opened the blade up just a little bit and then walked it over. But if you look at after he makes that move, yeah, he's got a wide open net and, you know, he, he made it confidently and props to him because, you know, we have seen him in that, in that shootout drill, he's had some success, but you know, in those spots, it's always probably, it's got to feel a little bit different, doesn't it? Tenth shooter with a chance to win it for your, you know, two former uh, or two teammates back in their former home. I think, you know, it adds a little pressure to it, but it looked like he's done it, you know, hundreds of times before. And it was, uh, it was a heck of a move, heck of a goal. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, a win that the Flames needed at this point in the season, you know, we kind of know what's on the line every night for them and, and to come and score that goal and get the extra point. You could tell it was uh, it was a good night for everyone involved when you uh, leave with the two points there. Yeah, sure was. OK, we're talking to Brendan Parker. We just got a couple minutes left with him. I appreciate you doing this, my friend. And then we will see you at the building in just a few hours for five o'clock puck drop uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, the fight, Dennis Gilbert. Uh, and Ryan Lomberg, we know Lomberg's a pretty tough guy. He's undersized, but we are also learning quite quickly that Dennis Gilbert is tough as nails. Wes Gilbertson had that great piece on the weekend about how he used to play football. He was a backup quarterback. The guy ahead of him was Chad Kelly, who happened to be the, I thought should have been maybe the MVP of the great couple last night, or certainly was the, the late hero for the Argos. And that's Jim Kelly's nephew, what an amazing like confluence of storylines, but uh, this guy is tough as nails and we may only see him in the lineup one more night. Cause I'm sure stone will be back for uh, Wednesday's game in Pittsburgh, but your, your thoughts on the fight and what it did in the game, because it, to me, it came at a really key time. The flames uh, were up two nothing. Uh, they had just surrendered the, the goal that made it two one. And I thought he did a good job getting a little momentum back for his team with the fight. Your thoughts. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and and it's kind of two games now that we've seen that. I think it was uh, Nathan Basher, Nate Bastion in, in New Jersey. He did the same thing at kind of a pivotal moment in the game. And, you know, it's pretty clear that he's not afraid to, to drop the gloves whenever the opportunity comes up. And, and he can handle himself quite nicely because both of those occasions, I would say he probably gets the decision. But we've seen Ryan Lomberg enough to know, you know, he's a guy that, that is a pretty good scrapper. He's not real big, but he's tough as nails. And, and, and Gilbert handled him, handled himself really nicely. I, I think, you know, for Gilbert, it's one thing that Daryl's talked kind of all season about just wanting to see somebody jump into that role and kind of seize it. And you got to give Gilbert a lot of credit because, you know, obviously he's playing with, with Chris Tanev. And I asked him about that this morning. He just said, 
it's such a blessing to play with that guy night in and night out because he just makes life so easy. And I think that's given him a comfort level. But the other thing that Gilbert's done is he's come in, he's played with tons of energy. He, he's come in. He hasn't been afraid to take, take a run at a guy and throw a big check. He's been up in the play. He's made, he's made nice, like subtle plays that haven't stood out, you know, a ton in the overall game, but, but he's, he's playing with some confidence right now. And he said, you know, as a 27 year old, I think he is, um, you know, he's had some experience and, and last year, you know, playing in the American Hockey League, he said a lot of guys could use it or look at it as like a step back, you know, not playing much in the NHL after playing, you know, the previous couple of years, at least with a cup of coffee. And, and he said he didn't look at that. He said it was one of his better seasons just in terms of his growth and progression, you know, last year in the American Hockey League with the Colorado Eagles. And I think, you know, you're kind of seeing that right now. He's He feels like he belongs here, and, and he's he's not dipping a toe in. Every game that Gilbert's in the lineup, he – you know he's out there, and I think so does the opposition. And if and if you're Daryl Sutter looking down that bench, and from a third pairing, you know that you couldn't ask for anything more than a guy that's that's being physical, hard to play against, and and is you know not afraid to drop the mitts every once in a while. And finally, Zadorov. You know Daryl Sutter kind of springs that out there today, and obviously it's all about message sending and trying to poke the bear, and also trying to you know give a guy even more confidence and Zadorov has lots of it this year that which is great but uh him saying that Zadorov has been their best defenseman all year obviously uh, well I'll, I'll just throw it at you to me Chris Tanev has been obviously the best defenseman this year for the Calgary Flames full marks for Zadorov for being probably the most uh he stands out more than anybody else but uh, you know your thoughts on those comments yeah I mean it's interesting because you know I think yeah there's obviously a couple of really good candidates there and Rasmus Anderson and Chris Tanev and I guess maybe you could say because Tanev missed a couple of games with the injury that um, you know maybe Zadorov gets a little bit of an advantage I suppose in some some form it's still early but you know I guess the one thing with him is and, and he did talk kind of briefly about the fact that they haven't had set pairings and he's been moved around a little bit and his play has been pretty consistent no matter who he's been with so I think that's interesting but the minutes kind of reflected I mean he's played some big minutes some of the biggest he's ever played in his career he had career highs already this season you know earlier in the year I think it was in New Jersey and then you know he's up around 27 minutes again last night he's scoring goals he's still continuing the same physical play so you know I think we have seen a different Nikita Zadorov in my eyes there's no question um you know as far as has he been the best or the, you know, number one in your team? I, I guess that's up for debate for sure. Um, just because of the guys that you have back there, but there's no question in my eyes that this is a Nikita Zadorov that, you know, has taken a step right from the start of the season. And it's been impressive to watch. And I think that's the one thing that with him, you know, sure he's got the four goals and that's matches his season total from a year ago. But, but to me, it's the fact that he's still the, the way he's skating, the way he's still finishing checks, he's still doing all those things that you love from big Z, but, you know, you're seeing the offensive flash and you're seeing some pretty consistent hockey from him. So more than anything, I think the, the real story is the fact that he, he's emerged as, as a as a top four guy for this team and, and it came at a good time. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to throw something at your parts before I let you go. Uh, our fan feedback line, always full of uh, very interesting, entertaining and sometimes ridiculous takes. But uh, someone just said, if Parker doesn't know who Vladimir Ruzicka is, and I'm glad this is obviously someone old like me, Maybe ask him if he knows what a Rolodex is or a Walkman or may, or maybe if he knows what be kind and rewind means. Anything mean any of those? Any of those things mean anything oh, to you? Yeah, I'm old enough. I got the rest of those. Yeah, yeah. The ro- I, dev- I, I, don't, I didn't use the Rolodex, but I believe we had one in my house. The Walkman I had. 
So, so I got that. There's no doubt about that. Okay, I got the Walkman. And the, and the please be kind and rewind. I'm like, come on. Of course. So I got yeah. the Blockbuster. I, was, I, okay. I did a couple of movies. Let me know. Let's go. All right. All right. And a Rolodex is not a watch. I want you to know no. that. It's a, no. It's a, anyway, we'll talk about that later. Okay, my man. I appreciate it. You passed the old man's test. Uh, thank you for yeah. knowing your history. Uh, it's, uh, I don't, I don't know if I should be chat. happy or sad now, though. That's the, the only problem. No, you made me happy. You, no, you made me happy. So thank you, my friend. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate right. it, my man. We'll see you down at the rink in just a few hours. All right. Good stuff, Eric. See you soon. Uh, all right. That's Brendan Parker. He joins us on the Alice Pizza guest hotline. 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout or delivery. Call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza. 6060 Memorial Drive. And of course, the Eric Branson Show is indeed brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. And just a reminder that the annual Christmas market, it, you know, walking around Philly, I can tell you, all the Christmas displays and everything, they're in full bloom. It's, I'm actually into it already. Yeah, so it's not too early. I always thought December 1st was the only time you could start getting excited about Christmas, but I'm already into the spirit. So the annual Christmas market is happening December 3rd and 4th at Century Downs from 11 to 4 p.m. with over 60 local crafters and artisans. A mission is free. All right, we're going to take a break. And I just got word that, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get Christopher Stieg on at the bottom of the hour. I promise we'll get him next week or in a subsequent week because he's always great with his insights and his humor and his purple suit with his white sneakers. Uh, all these things that he brings, I will hopefully get him back uh, in a week from now. So no Christopher Stieg. Uh, we'll be back with a whole bunch of other stuff too, of course, talking about the Flames as we move forward. Uh, and, and just another heads up, I also want to thank people in Calgary. Um, I just tweeted it out about an hour ago. Uh, the numbers are in from the uh, 20th Annual Pizza Pig Out, and we raised over $72,000 for Kids Sport Calgary. And uh, I just want to, I can't thank Calgary enough from the bottom of my stomach, as I often joke, uh, the top pizza was the dill pickle and bacon pizza from The Mash. If you're not familiar, please go to ericfrancispizzapigout.com. We have all of the winners listed on there uh, and, and a long list. So if you're interested in Hawaiian, meat lovers, gluten-free, uh, veggie, we have top 20 in each category. So whatever you're hankering, let these local pizzerias and restaurants uh, satisfy your urge for pizza on any given night. Support these people who helped us raise over $72,000 for Kids Sport Calgary. And of course, over the 20 years, we've raised over $1 million uh, to get kids into the action and off the sidelines. And I, I just want to point out a couple of the winners. Best Hawaiian, Gus's Pizza. Best Meat Lovers, Bowtie Pizza. Best Gluten-Free, Michael's Restaurant and Pizza. Best Veggie, 403 Local Eatery. Best Chicken, Sammy's World's Greatest Pizza. You've got all the big ones in there, Tops, uh, Matador. I could go on and on and on, but I want you to go to ericfrancispigout.com. Look at the 2022 winners and support them, please, because they have helped our community be a better place. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to Sports at 960, the fan. This is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right. Thanks, Parks. Thanks for bringing uh, 
Thanks for being kind enough to rewind. Thanks for pretending you remember who Vladimir Rizichka is. And thanks for pretending you knew what a Rolodex was. Anyway, it's uh, the Eric Francis Show. Uh, that was Brendan Barker on earlier. Uh, in this segment, we've got uh, Ryan Leslie from uh, Sportsnet. You see him on the air. Him and I will be doing the broadcast again tonight from Philadelphia. Puck drop just after 5 o'clock. Tune in to Sportsnet to see the action and see if the Calgary Flames can build off of that pretty, I think we could say it was an emotional win in Florida on Saturday. It was certainly entertaining. And Ryan, I want to get your thoughts on what your takeaway was from that game, because there were so many different angles flying around as a writer, as a fan, whatever you, however you consume that game, it gave a lot to you. Yeah, it did. Uh, I just think you mentioned it as a fan. I mean, when you go to a game, I think you kind of hope for that. I mean, you can, if you want to be negative, you can say the shootout uh, may tick somebody off. But really, when you think about it, there's a lot to dig into there. That's what you pay for. Like, I talked to Brett for a living after that. He's like, that's a hockey game. Like, is that what every coach wants? Probably not. But those are fun <laughs> What uh, when you consume them, as you say. And uh, that's that was a lot of fun to watch that. Storylines, the game delivered. Uh, we had a good broadcast. I thought there was lots to uh, to bat around as far as uh, maybe the conversation fans were having. They wanted to have an eye on Matthew Kachuk. They got it. They wanted to see what Huberdeau and uh, and Weger would do. They got that. They got the win. If you're a Flames fan, that's all you really care about. You don't care how you get it. You want to see this team, you know, starting to um, take some steps towards consistency of in the win column. So, yeah, I think uh, that gave you everything you needed, and uh, I enjoyed it. Just you know. A lot of fun. It, it sure was fun. And uh, I want to go back to, you, you mentioned Kachuk. And, you know, one of your hallmarks as a broadcaster is you, you're just so phenomenal at, at uh, cultivating relationships with the players. I mean, you know the players better than anybody in the media. And, and you got a chance to go and hang out with Matthew at his house. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'd, I'd say I could only imagine – you know how incredible this house and what it cost and all that. And I know he wasn't really interested in showing a whole lot on the camera in terms of MTV's cribs or anything like that. But we sure saw some glimpses, you know, of that, that fancy golf cart that he gets around in, uh, the pool area behind his house that backs onto the water. Can you just give us some insights on, on what the house and what, what the scene's like and what sort of a life this guy's living right now? Because i got to be well, honest. I don't want to say jealous, but I'll use the word envious. Like, you're 24, you decide to move to Florida, you got the, the world by the tail. Give us some insights. Yeah, he does. You know, he orchestrated the whole thing ahead of time with the way he signed his deals, that kind of thing. Got himself into a position where uh, he was able to make the move that he felt was best for him. And thankfully, it, it, it did uh, get some nice return for uh the Calgary Flames, uh, as a Flames fan, you kind of tip your cap and go, okay, he moved on, but he uh, left your team in a, in a pretty good spot with some key pieces. So um, on the personal side of things, a beautiful home, beautiful lifestyle that he's got going. He's just he's just thoroughly enjoying himself, playing hockey, being an effective player. Uh, there's some familiarity, obviously, with Bennett. and He's really blown away at just how good a guy like Barkoff is. and He was quick to pump Bennett's tires as well, but uh, – Again, uh, personally, you know, his dad's going to be building a place down there in Naples. His sister was there when I was there, Taryn. Um, so we had a chance to see a little bit behind the curtain and uh, 
great spot, great house. Um, you know, he's still moving in. He's kind of getting himself together. So, uh, you know, I don't worry about that guy in many aspects <laughs> of life, professional or personal. He's doing just fine. And uh, he was gracious enough to let me and a camera uh, get to his house. The full piece will run just before his return to Calgary. And okay. uh, so we get some beautiful shots of the beach and the marina and everything in and around his home. And so uh, he played played along with us, put up with us, and we got some good stuff. We showed a few snippets uh, on the broadcast uh, that night, and you were a part of it. So uh, you got to hear some of that stuff. But just his praise for his uh, new life, his new teammates, uh, love playing for Paul Maurice. Says he might be one of the hardest coaches in terms of details, but uh, um, it's just a real positive work environment that he is uh, really pleased to be a part of. And, hey, as Daryl Sutter said, he offered me $75 million. I think we're all going. So I don't huh. think that there's any ill will. I wondered if we might see some parting shots from Matthew, you know, maybe in a win or something like that. But uh, I think all in all, uh, everybody got their money's worth on that night. Yeah, he, did, he didn't have a whole lot to say after the loss, and that's understandable. I mean, I, I know he would have wanted that win, you know, as much as anybody in that building. Uh, so you're right. He'll get another chance on November 29th in Calgary. That'll be interesting, won't it? Won't that be wild yeah, to that's... watch his return to see what Flames fans are uh, have in store for him? I, I would think there will be. Uh, I think there will be a lot of. Uh, I think for some reason, I think they just kind of always. I've said this before. I just think that uh, there's something different about him. I don't anticipate much booze. I think people understand that sparkle in his eye and that little devil on his shoulder, and it, it was kind of he was theirs. And I think that's how people kind of think of it. Um, I could be wrong, but it just feels as though, no, uh, they're gonna be like, all right, Hey, we loved you. You're our guy. And, and the way he handled the departure, you know, mm-hmm. especially he'll, he'll, it will always be juxtaposed against the way Johnny left and, yeah. and really left the organization high and dry. And this guy got out ahead of it. And then the, the organization dealt with it brilliantly, of course, but, I think here's my take. Yes, I think you. I think you'd be a fool if you didn't welcome him back with open arms. I guess I wouldn't call you a fool. Everybody's is entitled to their own opinion, but I, I don't understand the logic yeah. behind not giving this guy a standing ovation, welcoming him back, thanking yeah. him for six brilliant seasons, and him fighting and doing anything he can for this organization. But yeah, and community, I will say and this: community. and yeah. community. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's entertainer. He's an entertainer. He's not just a player. A lot of players. You know, are just he players. told me he's that once, Eric. He he told me he goes. We were just laughing one day, and he just said, "I'm not a hockey player. I'm an entertainer." So he would agree with what you just said. Those were his words, and and that's the way he's always looked at it. And you know, the work he did with the children's hospital and that type of thing. I mean, you just kind of go, "Okay, let's just park our fake rage for a second. He was good for us. He was a sixth overall pick." And uh, there was a great return. So, hey, you tip your cap and you say, best luck. And I think that's how Flames fans do look at him. It's like, okay, I think there's a lot of people just wish him, wish him well down there. And like yourself, like there's a lot of people who say, man, I'm not jealous, but wouldn't I love to be 24 and doing it that way again? So well, I think people will always be intrigued with Matthew uh, no matter what market he's in. Agreed. And, and I think – a couple things on that. One is in terms of supporting the community of being an entertainer. Like a lot of players don't get that. Like, mm. you know, I, I've heard a lot of GMs and people in hockey say we're in the business of winning. And I say, mm-hmm. you don't have a clue what you're talking about when you say that you're in the entertainment business. Yes. Yep. Winning helps and is very entertaining, 
but if you're not entertaining, you could be, if you're, if you're the old New Jersey Devils from back in the day, you're not selling a lot of tickets. And anyway, he right. got that. And when I, text, when I texted him a couple of weeks ago for the pizza pig out and said, hey, any chance you could send me a jersey, an autographed jersey, actually send me a couple because uh, I'm doing a couple of, you know, uh, charitable endeavors. He's, I got him two days later. And so he's, yeah. he's always understood that. And, but I will say that I think that by the end of the game, and I don't think he's going to be the guy who's going to poke the bear in his first game back in Calgary. I think he wants that to be just a, a brilliant night and a great memory. But I yeah. think soon thereafter, like, like the second meeting at the Dome, I think that this, the city of Calgary will go back to being one of 31 teams who absolutely hate his guts. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> because he's just yeah, that type right. of player. Yeah, yeah you may be right. Uh, I don't miss him. I just miss his old man, Big Walt. That's what the city misses. <laughs> I mean, that guy. And then when Brady would roll into town, now that was fun. So mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, there was a great, you know, after that win, after that win in the playoffs um, uh, against Dallas game seven, I, I was out with Keith and the boys stopped by and, and uh, we were having a few beers and then Chantel was there and everybody was there. It was quite fun. And uh, Brady, I'll tell you, ever the performer and entertainer, the guy just gets it. And there he is mm-hmm. on top of the table singing Mr. Brightside with a shirt off. And I'm like, this guy, this guy's madness uh, all rolled into one. He's just, there's not many guys who would want to take him on. He's just, uh, you know, a player who's, whose career's taken off. And I know they got to get back on the winning track. And Hey, maybe it does need to be more about winning for some guys, but this is a, this is an interesting player who's, who's just got a wild personality and it's just, he's an infectious young guy. And Matthew just, uh, has a different approach to it all. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. You know what? End of the day, it's just fun for the game. Just These guys are just fun for yeah. the game. Yeah, I mean, Sutter after the game was a bit of a killjoy saying, you know what, quite frankly, we've talked too much about this. Players get traded. They move around all the time. <laughs> that, that wasn't the narrative he was painting one day earlier when, when he was playing along with the narrative and certainly had some insights onto the whole thing. So, anyway, I, I think, generally speaking, people are ready to move on. And uh, yeah. but November 29th will provide one last chance to do that. So I, I'm yeah. really excited to uh, see how that unfolds. Okay, let me uh, let me ask you about a couple of stats that I'm going to be throwing out on the broadcast tonight as well. Whoa. Calgary Flames have the lowest team per se, team save percentage in the league. I was surprised. I knew that they weren't playing up to their you know their capable levels, but that that surprises me. And the other thing is. Uh, in the third period, the Calgary Flames have scored the fewest goals in the National Hockey League. And again, mm-hmm. I know that they, they've really faltered in the third period in terms of giving up leads. And then the third stat is they've given up the most game-tying goals in the league this year, 17. That means 17 times they were leading and they gave it up. That is not a Daryl Sutter team. Do you agree? Yeah, I would, um, because at one point you're quick to say with the one stat you threw it, okay, well, they're they're trying to hang on to leads. Maybe they're not scoring, whatever. But then when you give up leads uh, and you relinquish games like that, it becomes quite troubling. Um, it is not necessarily the hallmark of a Daryl Sutter team. Um, you know, I think I think there's something that, that happens when you take yourself out of the stats department and you just put yourself back in the game for a minute and you go – you know, this is a team that has had great starts for the most part. Um, yeah. And then something's going on, right? Like, 
And I wonder if it's a lot of it is mental because all of a sudden you get that snowball effect of, all right, are we able to hang on to things? Sorry, right, why aren't we? And now oh, are we going to do it again? And, you know, there's, there's all kinds of factors for why that's happening. I had a quick chat with Jacob Markstrom the other day. He's been hard on himself, as you know, at times, and um, he's just looking to make that extra save. He feels right now that he's, you know, he's giving up at least one a game where it's like, really? Like, he's he's aware. Fans aren't the only ones who are aware, and he certainly is too. And so he's focused on, on making, you know, a save that might take momentum out of their hands. And I think that's what's happening. I think a lot of this, and I'm sure analytically there's – there's uh, some indicators you can point to, but, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in the way momentum goes and the mental side of it. What happens when, you know, you you feel good and all of a sudden you don't. And then, okay, well, how do we get this thing back on track? And I think Jacob Markstrom feels like he's responsible for some momentum shifts. And, you know, he's had some really good saves. I thought those saves, Eric, uh, in Florida in the shootout were unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And uh, you talk about momentum, you know, that that's when they needed to have the big save. And um, he's just got to find a way, you know, to make that in game before those momentum shifts and those, that snowballing, Oh, oh, here we go again. Feeling occurs. And they have all the faith in the world. And he, he's a confident guy, but he knows, and he's realistic uh, about, um, about the fact that he's got to make some, some key saves at key times to prevent this team from, losing again and giving up a third period or, or whatever it is. So, yeah, I don't know. I think there's just all kinds of factors for it in context, in game. And uh, certainly this is a group that uh, there's there's been a lot of bright side, a lot of positives, but the reality is you're not closing out games, and that has to end. Okay, we've got about two more minutes left here with uh, Ryan. Lastly, uh, I mentioned just before you came on that, the, uh, the numbers are in from the Pizza Pig Out, and we raised over $72,000 for kids' sport. Congratulations. And, uh, That's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I, But I just I, I throw it out at you because I just want to know, because the, the reason I started this whole thing was everybody's got strong thoughts on pizza. What's your go-to mm-hmm. place? Uh, the best pizza right now just for a meal would be La Dolce Vita in Bridgeland, the Jeremiah, a combination of thin crust in that wood-fired oven that has super sada on it, uh, a little basil, and drizzled with a touch of honey. It is very basic. No sauce, no thickness, none of that amateur hour stuff. This thing is you're getting a pie in about a minute and a half, and it might be the best thing that anyone's ever had in the pizza department. So I would recommend you get down there. I I believe new ownership now, but the Jeremiah still lives on on their menu and, uh, you know, a lot of history down there, too, in Bridgeland. So eat the pie, give it a shot, let me know, and please, at me. That a boy. That a boy. Okay, I'm glad I asked. That was a whole lot more specific than I thought you were going to be able to offer up. So thank you for the Jeremiah. Uh, we'll add that to the list. All the winners from the Pizza Pig Out are on ericfrancispizzapigout.com. You can see them all. And please, as I said earlier, support them because they're the ones who helped us raise over a million dollars now for kids for Calgary. Wow. Something that, uh, well, our, take our a bow, my friend. Really- that is, uh, and I know you've uh, lent your expertise on that up in Edmonton as well in the past. I assume it's still going, but uh, uh, that is great work that you've done for uh, causes I know that are near and dear to you in the community. I know how big the community is. So well done. That is uh, worthy of a very big congratulations. 
Oh, I appreciate that, my man. Yeah, it was a it's a it was a fun fun event, and uh, I again I, I didn't make it this people. year. I apologize. Yeah, what happened? Were you still at Dolce Vita? What? I couldn't believe you didn't show up for free pizza. Who doesn't yeah, show up for I, free pizza? You know what? My good buddy Frank is renoing the kitchen at my house, and uh, uh, <laughs> children, you know, road trips, uh, renos. It's you. just. I, I owe you one. I should have been there. I just couldn't pull it off. And uh, you know what? I've, I've been to the last oh, number of them, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad you're having the success uh, again this year. That's awesome. All good, my man. Hey, listen, uh, thank you for joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Hotline. <laughs> Speaking of pizza, I appreciate yes. your time, my friend. And we will see you down at the, at, uh, at the rink in about, uh, well, just a couple hours. Puck drop is just after five. You got it. Thanks. Thanks, bud. Okay, there he is, Ryan Leslie. Uh, that wraps up the Eric Branson Show. Again, we'll do it every Monday. Next Monday, we'll be setting up that uh, Matthew Kachuk return to the, to the Saddle Dome, and, uh, and we'll endeavor to get Christopher Stieg on his, uh, again next week. We had technical difficulties. We couldn't bring him to you this week. But uh, you've been listening to the Eric Branson Show. And, of course, of course, it's brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Tickets on sale now for New Year's Eve Las Vegas-themed burlesque show. A dessert buffet and mid-champagne toast included for only $85. Sounds delish. All right. We'll do it all again next week. Enjoy the game tonight, everybody. You're listening to Sportsnet 960, The Fan.